0: It's that time again, coming to you all the way from New York, New York. It's the Hollywood Godfather podcast, starring Gianni Russo, Megan Hurran, and Pat Piccarelli. And now, Gianni. Good evening, everyone. And we're back. Hollywood Godfather podcast. And thank you all for being here. My Gumbari co-author, Pat, is ready to go. Good evening.
1: I'm here. How's everybody? Mm.
0: You're good, Megan. Megan is uh, very inquisitive tonight. She's got all kinds of questions. Oh, you I, I told her to save her for the show. <laughs> and um, why don't you kick it off, Pat? Okay, well, uh,
1: for those of you who uh, aren't aware of the Central Park Five case, uh, this was a case of a, uh, a, a criminal complaint against uh, five men who were uh, arrested, charged, and convicted of assaulting a woman jogger in Central Park. She nearly died. They were uh, imprisoned for quite a number of years. and Somebody came forward and said they weren't involved. Long story short, they were released from prison and awarded by the city of New York $41 million. Uh, in compensation for their that drives me crazy. For, unju- uh, for their unjust arrest, you, you know. And we did uh, a whole hour on this. Uh, and if you want to look, uh, you know, to people who are listening in for the first time, uh, go back in, in the uh, archives on HollywoodGodfatherPodcast.com dot com or and in, uh, in one of the apps, Spotify, iTunes, whatever. Go back to the episode which is titled. Central Park 5, get a little background on the case.
2: Yeah, it's episode 25, to be exact.
1: Yeah. My contention is, and a lot of other people, that uh, they were, in fact, very guilty, as uh, attested to by a guy by the name of uh, Michael Armstrong, who was a special prosecutor appointed by the state, uh, to make sure that this case uh, was handled correctly. because There's so many allegations of... Uh, these these kids being starved and uh, kept up for 42 straight hours, not a- allow their parents to be there. All this was lies. The parents were in the room when they were interrogated. Uh, everything was done by the, the book. Michael Armstrong, who had a sterling reputation uh, uh, in, in in the field of the law, said everybody did their job. It's an excellent report. Nobody referred to Michael Armstrong's report in the two documentaries, or the one documentary by Ken Burns on uh, PBS on this case, and the uh, Netflix film called When They See Us, uh, which was produced by Oprah Winfrey and Robert De Niro. Uh, While the producers knew about the uh, report which exonerated law enforcement and the prosecutors, nobody
0: mentioned it. what you just mentioned to me is a shock. I didn't know Bobby was involved with it or Oprah.
2: I think we yeah. talked about yeah, this before, but if not, then
0: yeah. Did. No, I, I, well, I mean, because uh, both of those people so much, are so honorable, some... mm-hmm. I'm shocked right. that they didn't vet this out, because just the criminal record, as I know, of these guys, they had so many arrests, and, and I mean, it was, it was crazy. They were at, they were,
1: before they attacked this woman, they were... Well, there was a, a term used back then called wilding. They were part of a, a pack of uh, up to 20 people going through Central Park and beating people up. And when the police started to come, everybody split up, and these five individuals went on to assault this woman. And that's, that's the that's the, uh, the impetus of the case. And what happened, by the way, this $41 million that they were awarded was just approved last week by the state of uh, of New York. So they, 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 they finally got their checks cut. They got their money last week. $41 million. They actually anyway, got the money. They actually got last week. Yeah, they got the money. Yeah, They were awarded the money several years ago, but they were just they just got it last week. Now,
0: That's what lawsuits
1: exactly are starting to be filed, is. and one of the lawsuits, I'm just updating people, uh, is against the uh, Netflix film, When They See Us. They discuss an interrogation technique uh, that was instituted or invented by uh, Johnny Reed and Associates. This company, uh, Reed and Associates, are experts in interrogation. Now, the story that came out that, I'm, that I am have in my hand now is from, uh, I believe it's from New York Newsday, which says Netflix is being sued for its depiction of, con- of controversial interrogation techniques in When They See Us. Now, Reed and Associates are world-famous... Not the controversial interrogation techniques. They teach interrogation techniques to law enforcement in this country and to law enforcement throughout the world. They're highly respected. This is not a rubber-hose operation. These are verbal techniques that are used to get confessions out of guilty people and to exonerate innocent people. Now, one of the lines in uh, when they see us in this HBO film is, "A, a detective is speaking to the DA. And it's, the detective is saying to the DA, you squeeze statements out of them indicating the Central Park Live. After forty two hours of questioning and coercion, coercing, without food, bathroom breaks, and withholding parental supervision. The read technique has been universally rejected. None of this is true. The read technique has been universally embraced. It's still used it's very effective, and uh, the withholding of 42 hours of questioning and coercing, no food, no bathroom breaks, withholding parental supervision has been disproven by M- Michael Armstrong's committee, plus there's YouTube video of these kids being interviewed, and the parents are there. Mm. Nobody brings this up. So anyway, they're being sued by John E. Reed and associates, and the first thing they want is for the, uh, uh, any uh, any references to them to be taken out of the movie, so we'll see where this goes. But it's going to court, mm. and I can't see them not losing. That's for, some, that's for certain. You now we'll see what happens.
0: Well, the interesting thing I think, if I were Netflix, mm. I'd just pull it. It's it's over with now anyway. It's old news. Why go re-edit it? Why spend any more money on it?
1: Yeah. Well, tough. when you see when it, when there's an HBO movie, it's basically on forever. I mean, you know, they they have uh, an, an initial run, and then it'll be on for the next 10 years. As long as people are watching it, they'll have it on. It well, doesn't I, go away.
0: But they can make money, I guess. So. Yeah,
1: as long as they can make money. I mean, I've been watching uh, HBO films that were done 10, 15 years ago. They're still on. Not as often, of course, but they're still on. Well, right. I, I could think so of one film personally. They, they want to be exonerated in a court of law. So that's the suit. And hmm. this is virtually, very unfair. None of this... At anything at first they didn't even use uh, 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 read uh, techniques they just questioned these kids and they just were talking they started confessing They were turning each other in right. they were very explicit in what they did so anyway uh, I, uh, you know we'll, we'll keep the audience updated but it, this is a civil case and this is going to take some time
0: well, and I, hope, uh, I, I hope doubt it's going
1: d- to court it'll
0: be settled out I hope of court. they don't go and spend all that money right away hmm. <laughs> <Excuse> uh, <this. laughs> New That's York crazy. tax dollars yeah.
1: at work. Forty-one million,
0: insane.
2: Well, thanks for the update, Pat.
0: Yeah, and I know our okay. audience, as I am, is so interested to see these that woman in particular and everybody else get their due. Yeah, under the first and and these yeah. kids should go back to jail. Oh, mm. anyway,
1: I well, think the tide will, the tide eventually will turn, and you're going to see lawsuits like this from a lot of people, and it's you know all people have to do is. is uh, pick up the state-ordered report right nobody's even making reference to it it's just it's it's maddening but anyway uh, I'll keep the audience updated I've been following this case yeah please it's uh,
0: occurred and I'll let you know all right please and Megan so all
2: right why don't you all right so recently on Instagram I saw a post and it was referring to a book that came out by a man named James Kaplan, and In the book, it's called Sinatra the Chairman, and in the book, he basically says that Sinatra was so concerned about Marilyn Monroe's mental state that he considered asking her to marry him in order to protect her and basically presents Sinatra as being infatuated with Marilyn. So what do you think about that?
0: Who wasn't? Well, I was infatuated. I only knew her for Mm -hmm. four years. I mean, but, uh, you know, I've spent a lot, a lot of time with Sinatra in drunken states and my... Grandfather always, I always quote him. Always said that children and drunks tell the truth. That is true. And we've had. How do you know that? <laughs> anyway, not that young.
2: <laughs> not that young. Come on, guys.
0: So anyway, um, I mean, we. I mean, basically, he, Sam Giancana, Bobby Kennedy, Joe Kennedy, and victim Mon- not Mon- um Buddy Greco. We all spent the last four days of Marilyn's life together Mm. up in Lake Tahoe at a resort called Calneva. And the only reason I'm bringing it up, as part of her career, she was always around Sinatra. And Sinatra, I mean, I've seen them all in Jack and Trotter's swimming pool Mm. in his backyard at Sands Hotel swimming nude at night. Oh my gosh. So I mean if you love Marilyn, there was so much to love. But the thing is, him marrying her, I don't know why he would do that. I mean, it's 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 crazy. We all had a compassion for her. She was all like the baby sister in this sexy body. And how do you how do you look at her? How do you justify it? Mm. And what what did they go on to say though?
2: So there was one article that I found and they quoted um, somebody saying that Frank Costello, or I'm sorry, Costello, got my Franks confused. Yeah. Frank Sinatra actually went to his lawyer and told him, I think I'm going to marry Marilyn. And he said, No, don't do that because you don't want that on you when he said basically that she's going to commit suicide and you don't want to be that guy that she's married to and known as that guy.
0: Well, that sounds like Mickey Rudin, who was his attorney for. Well, Alpha. I'm sure you would know. Yeah. But the other thing, you know, the other thing about that, and now that you're saying it, it could be the only thing that, He was battling his love rejection from Ava Gardner. So maybe for his stature at the time, he thought marrying a sex symbol, like who Ava Gardner was, Mm -hmm. maybe he was doing it in spite. I don't know. Because I'm still confused why he married Mia Farrow. (laughs)
1: Right.
0: (laughs) His choice choice has been crazy. might
1: have been a little off. (laughs)
0: But, uh, so at this
1: time uh, that this was happening, he had just come off a uh, a relationship with Ava Gardner.
0: I, I would think I, It had to be during oh. that time because Ava yeah. Gardner he was married to. In fact, uh, oh, was he? Oh, yeah, he married Ava Gardner. In fact, uh, you'll you'll be seeing I have eight millimeter film
2: mm.
0: of the wedding reception. Of course, you do. And it's going to be in my one. My, Pat, you know I'm doing a. A one-man show on our book. Oh yeah, you, you mentioned it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <When do> you, <laughs> yeah
2: it's uh, basically finished. When, so.
0: <laughs> but uh, when
1: do you when do you start? When's the first show? Where's the first? Show? First show
0: is going to be on um, February ninth at a place I'm breaking it in. It's an amazing cocktail place. You gotta mm. think about it. It's yeah. It's uh, called My Father's Place. It's in Roslyn, New York. And when they call me, I said, are you kidding? I said, let me call you right back. And I hung up and looked up what it was. It was amazing. Suffolk. Ah. And the axe they have there. So I figured this is a great place to break it in. So I'm breaking it in there. And then my friend Tom Cantone, who's the head of the entertainment world of Mohegan Sun, mm-hmm. they booked me for all their properties. And I'm starting on their property on March 7th in Fallsview Casino and Resort in Niagara Falls, and then working my way across the country. And uh, so with that said, a lot of things that and we've been some talking very interesting about. interesting footage. Yeah. My, I mean, you're going to see Ava Gardner's wedding.
2: <laughs> That's crazy. How many people was Frank Sinatra married to?
0: A uh, total of three. Okay. His wife, Nancy. Who he, oh, right. He called every day of his life. Really? Until he died. And she just died. She just died. Yeah, she was 101. Oh wow! And awesome. uh, and and uh, uh, Mia Farrow, the only three I knew about. You know okay. anybody else? Bat Barbara Marx. Oh, oh Barbara, I'm sorry, the last one. Okay. I I, I have yeah. such a mental. There block were
1: four. Wasn't.
0: Four, that's right. Four.
1: Four, but you said when when you and I uh, spoke once that he tried to kill himself over the Save a Garden thing.
0: Oh my God! Yeah, thank God for. His agent, the the agent is um, James Woods, not the actor. James Woods was a big uh, agent at, for William Morris, and he happened to be representing Sinatra at the time. And fortunately, his neighbor, an elderly lady, smelt gas coming from Mr. Woods' apartment. Mm. So she called him at his office and said, there's a terrible odor of gas. Are you home? He said, no, I'm at work. He said, should I let the super know? He said, of course. And the super opened the door, and Frank Sinatra had his head in the oven of James Woods' house. And he did such damage to his vocal cords, that's why he didn't sing for two years. And it was all because of Ava Gardner. Now what I'm about to tell you is really bizarre, because this is why Sinatra was so mad of how Mario Puzo portrayed him in getting the role from Here to Eternity.
2: As Johnny Fontaine.
0: As Johnny Fontaine in the movie. Right. But getting, in real life, Mm -hmm. Sinatra getting the part of Here to Eternity that he won an Oscar for. Okay. They said, as Mario Puzo tried to say, he went to the mob. But Ava Gardner felt so terrible that she destroyed this guy's career. And she knew about him trying for him to play Maggio in Here to Eternity. She went to Oman Cohen's wife. They were in the same bridge club. Uh, and this is the producer. The producer. Saying, okay. you know your husband has always wanted his way with me. And this is, I mean, I, I think this is so commendable of Mrs. Cohen. And she said, "I know my father, my husband plays around." She said, "But I can't believe you're asking me to have permission."
2: What right. a weird conversation between two women.
0: Yeah, but you know this is Hollywood. Hollywood. Yeah,
1: weird things going on. I guess. <laughs> okay, no
0: But you it's ready just, for it, this it, though?
1: It's an alternate universe. But
0: go the ahead. World? The old the old lady said, "You love him that much," and she says, "Yeah, I don't know what to do from this." is the part he needs, and your husband will not put him in the movie. She said, I will just turn a deaf ear, as I've always did. What? And Ava Gardner went to Acapulco, which was the playground of Hollywood, because it was a two-and-a-half-hour flight, Right. and spent the weekend with him. That killed Sinatra when he found that out. Mm. because he, stopped, he got the part. He, he got the part.
2: And then he found out how.
0: And he, then he found because all of a sudden, what was the tr- why? The, why changed? the change of heart? Yeah. After the guy was so adamant that you'll never get to the spot over my dead body, and that only dug a deeper hole. So in analyzing all of that, maybe he thought a way to get back at her, and now he's back on top. He wins the Oscar,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and. Marl Monroe was available and desperate, always was, always. And she loved Sinatra. I mean, Sinatra had his way with her for years mm-hmm. as friends. I mean, that whole thing, I can't believe it. I mean, How was, many
2: people traded her around? Oh, my God.
0: It was like insanity, insanity. And In fact, uh, I mean, I only had a four-year relationship with her. And uh, I get a call from her saying, I'm on the, I'm on the airport, I'm flying in. And I went and picked her up because she'd come in. She didn't want any entourage or nothing, and she'd have a dark wig and sunglasses and a trench coat. Mm-hmm. And she looked like Mike Hammer. All disguise. Audience said, "Don't know who Mike Hammer was," but Mike Hammer was a uh, detective on television who dressed like that all the time. <laughs> so anyway, I picked her up, and. This was like, I, I remember it to the day almost. It was like 1960 in the summer. Mm. She just finished doing a movie called The Misfits. Okay. And two days after wrapping the movie, Clark Gable, an, an actor's legend in, in the industry, I every mean, woman loved him from, you know, uh, here to return, and I mean, uh, Gone with the Wind and mm-hmm. so many great things. Two days after they wrapped the movie, he drops dead. Now, I have Marilyn Monroe in a taxi coming from JFK. Right. Going to, uh, back to New York to the Waldorf. Where uh-huh. they, Frank Costello always had a room for her. And she's hysterical crying that I killed him. I said, how did you kill him, Marilyn? She said, well, I was so enamored with him and he, we... we, we we had such a thing through the whole movie uh-huh. that he would make love to her two or three times a day. And he was an old man at that time. <laughs> and I know Marilyn. I mean, she's like an infomaniac when she, she loves making love. Okay. So I can understand maybe she did kill her. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, you know, I, I'm going gonna,
1: I'm, I'm gonna to write this down. Get Clark Gable's diet. <laughs> oh mean, yeah, three times a day, huh? What the guy? When was this guy ingesting? But anyway, interesting story. Yeah, he was he was a wreck anyway. By that time, he was. I mean, he was a stone alcoholic. He was in bad shape, but he he was a rugged guy. I mean, he was. Oh, a yeah. he was, I mean, was good-looking guy right up till the end. Yeah,
0: yeah. but I mean, That's so cool. I mean, the the men the conversations I've had would never surprise me. That that surprises me. And the only way I'm justifying in my own head, right, as we're speaking, is that maybe that was the thing. He was going to get back at Ava and marry her. Right. But, you know, I've had conversations when I did a film called Lepke with Tony Curtis. Mm-hmm. And some like it hot, I mean. Right. Tony Curtis, supposedly Tony Curtis, Jack Lemmon and Marilyn had threesomes. Really? Marlon Why not? Brando. Marlon Brando was in her acting class with Lee Strasberg when she came here for a year, and he had his way with her. I can name so many people. I mean, some of them. I don't even want to think about Sam Giancana, And uh, that Gang. gangster from Chicago who mm-hmm. basically threatened them all, and they were going to use her. Chicago came up with the idea, for our audience that doesn't understand, what went on with the Kennedys, if you don't know that yet, they approached the mob to get John elected president. And how they did that, all the trade unions, Teamsters, International Longshoremen, culinary unions, all voted. And what the business of the first few days, they were going to invade Cuba and the Bay of Pigs. The mistake John made was make his brother Robert, attorney general, Mm -hmm. unbeknownst to him. Like, I don't know what, if I had a baby brother, I don't know what he was doing 16 16 years different than me. Mm -hmm. He hated his brother, hated what his father represented, because all during Prohibition, he was Frank Costello's partner and the Chicago mob. And so this is the guy that went after all of their friends. So she was brought up. On this particular <coughs> weekend.
2: Bless you.
0: Am I choking you up on this story? <laughs> Bless <laughs> <had> you, Patrick. <laughs> so, uh, no, I just,
1: for some reason, I just got coughing fit.
0: So sick. anyway. Must be the air, yeah. <laughs> uh, but the thing that happened, like they were going to, like they blackmailed Jay Edgar Hoover many years ago in Chicago. They, they staged <laughs> a crush the dressing party and they have him dressed as a woman and some other woman or man having his way with him. Mm. And so for the years, he denounced that there was even uh, uh, the mob. And he always said there's no such thing as mafia because they had him. But what they were going to do this time is get the two Catholic brothers together one more time, Mm. get Bobby and John. They had the room all set up, not with sophistication we have today, and they were going to get them photographed. And that would be the end of both of their careers if they didn't calm down and shut up. Right. Because then go public with these two wonderful Catholic boys who are married,
2: mm-hmm.
0: having their way with a movie star. That didn't happen. She went crazy, screaming, I'm going to go to the press. And the rest is history. We know that. But
1: she was dead, what, four days later?
0: <clears throat> yep, four days later. And there's all kinds of rumors about that. And so, with that said, this lady, as I know her, and as I knew her, we both got together because we both needed a hug. Right. And so, that was her way of thanking the male species for being nice to her. Hmm.
2: So, this book also says... Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, This uh, book... Um, called Sinatra the Chairman, also says, there's a quote from someone named Jilly Rizzo, and it says that she said, yeah, Frank wanted to marry the broad, um, but she said no. And Jilly Rizzo's a man or a woman?
0: Jilly, Jilly, Jilly is a, a bodyguard. His wife was famous. This is a little trivia nobody knows. His wife, called Honey King... Was, an abortionist, with Frank Sinatra's mother, really, in New Jersey, early on. That's interesting, and she married Jilly Rizzo, who went on to open a a restaurant, famous, nightclub, restaurant on Forty Second Street, right off Eighth Avenue, and was called Jilly's. Called Jilly's, and it was a hang for everybody. Mm. Then went to Chicago. When Frank ran to Chicago and then he realized he's gonna be owned by two two mob families now. Right. They opened the Jillies in Chicago. Huh. Then they opened the Jillies West in Miami. Then they opened one in Palm Beach. Palm Springs rather. So Jilly was his confidant. Right. He traveled with Frank. So the only person that was with Jilly almost twenty four seven I mean, with Frank was Jilly. It was Jilly. So he, if if Jilly says that, I would think maybe she did say that. But again, talking about that, I think now that we're, it's out in the air, and if Jilly said it, and the, Mickey Rudin told him not to, it probably happened. So you think this guy her, who
2: wrote the book is is telling the
0: truth? I, I, I mean, there's so many rumors out there. You can there. see
2: it that it would be. I, that's logical. what I'm
0: saying. It would be logical, and it would be logical for her. Not to want to marry Frank. Yeah. Because, you know, Frank was instrumental early on Mm -hmm. with using Marilyn Monroe to seduce JFK. Oh, really? And if if our audience is old enough or goes into the archives, Frank Sinatra, when he did the main event at Madison Square Garden, Mm. she got in the ring, what was like a ring. They made it look like a fight. But she sang, Happy Birthday, Mr. President. Oh, I
2: have seen that
0: video. Which blew up Jackie O, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: which nobody knew this one. Jackie O flew to see her father-in-law because Jackie O didn't want to go along with him becoming president. Really? And they knew it was hard enough for him to become president, but a divorced Catholic getting elected would never happen. So she made a deal with Joe Kennedy. Nobody knows what that was. So she went to Joe and said, that was it. That's the straw that broke my back. Uh She's on national television singing happy birthday to my husband. So that rumor went around a while that Jackie O maybe ordered Marilyn's hit.
2: Oh, my gosh.
0: Which nobody knows. That's a rumor. Yeah. But One I was there. Yeah. But I was there to see what really put the nail in her coffin was at Cal when she went ballistic. She said, "I want nothing to do with the Kennedy brothers anymore. I'm done with you guys." Really? And, and John didn't show up. John never came that that weekend. Okay. We were supposed to. And she said, "I'm going to the press." Well, when she said that in 1962. The press wasn't readily available as it is now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can get Harvey on the phone at TNZ myself in an hour and there'll be here. <laughs> but with that said, that's why my theory, and it's being backed by so many accounts right now, my theory is the only one right. that had a reason to kill Mel Monroe was Bobby Kennedy. Because mm-hmm. he was gearing up to, you know, to run for presidency. And that was long before his brother was killed. Mm -hmm. So he thought he was in line. He didn't realize they already made a deal The mob with LBJ, Mm -hmm. Linda main Johnson. He had the next eight years. So with that said, it was right after that that she left there. And days later, she was dead. That's crazy. So it's... um, Marlin's. Too much life, of a coincidence. Yeah, too much a coincidence. And, and Marlon's life is like, you know, it's so bizarre because you I mean, when you think of them people I mean even being married to Joe Romaggio, Arthur Miller, I mean these people are all, you know. Mm-hmm. And he, he he wrote a movie for her. Really? I, I forgot the name of the Arthur Miller that she started the movie with. Huh. I mean, so it's, Marilyn, again, you know, I, I, I have such an affection for her still yet because we were friends. Right. I needed a hug. She needed a hug. We both had some, some parallels when we were 12 years of age. She was in an orphanage, and she told me, the first one of the first intimate times I was with her, when she said, I used to look out the orphanage window, and I saw Warner Brothers Studio, and I... She said, someday I'll be on that lot. And me, I was in Bellevue on 30th Street. I used to look out my window when I finally got a window and look at the Empire State Building. And I said, someday I'll be uptown. So, you know, that whole parallel and all that stuff. You know,
1: 57, 57 years after her death and she still has star power.
0: Oh my god. Oh yeah. my gosh.
2: Even today Kylie Jenner was posting photos she did a cover of a magazine posed as Marilyn Monroe.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like
2: she's still so incredibly relevant.
0: Kylie to yeah. me is the only innocent one's out of it. So I I can't take Well, it.
2: Kylie's the one. Yeah, no. I don't know about I don't know about innocence there.
0: Well, I'm talking about she didn't get to her fame by Doing porno films. Oh, okay.
2: I see what you mean. That's
0: what I'm talking. Okay, about.
2: she wasn't the catalyst of it all, is what you're no. saying. No, yeah. Well, she was the youngest, yeah. so she mm-hmm. kind of followed into it.
0: And that's why I'm saying so. She's, I, I would take that as being naive, mm-hmm. but I still think anyone trying to portray Marilyn Monroe is a sacrilege. <laughs> you know, people ask me, no one, one time, can compare. No, like people ask me many times, why do I never talk about Grace Kelly? To me, it's like talking about the Blessed Mother. I can't talk <laughs> about Grace Kelly. Grace Kelly's got such a position oh. in life. She's she's that iconic person.
2: Uh, that's it's, funny.
0: You know, that's sweet, though. No, I mean, <laughs> it's true. I mean, that's, I mean, it's it's so crazy when you think of all of these people. And you know, look at how many people she's been with. It's insane. I can't even imagine. What what's your thought on it, senior, of this group? Not, I mean, not senior. I'm the senior. Yeah, you're the he's Pat. the middle child. Yeah. <laughs> what thought? I don't know I
1: just find that you know there are very few people in the entertainment world who that's able to and she's worth more now than she was worth alive i mean she, her estate, whoever's got her 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 name her family they're making tons of money off her still oh
2: I'm sure. I mean, you know, it's, it's,
1: I, it, it just amazes me that you know, just just a picture of her how many Mal Monroe books have there been oh i God, mean yeah. hundreds I mean, and you know, and there's always and, something different yeah. in these in these bios. Uh, it's amazing, you know. You. her, and Elvis Presley.
0: Oh my God! Uh, yeah.
1: Will never, will, will never die. And aside from those two, I can't think of anybody else who was. There's that one more in that I,
0: I. I don't even want to put, put him in, in that category. There's one who, more person who? that just goes on forever. Michael Jackson.
2: That is true. That yeah, but, I mean, his his image
0: is class very painted, class of style. Though. You know, uh, I mean, his his estate is, is,
1: is still making money, probably more than when he was alive. But the, too many scandals involved, too many everything. The right. uh, Mal Monroe she just viewed as this iconic person who had it all, died a young age, and you know she will be forever young, forever sexy.
2: Right?
1: She'd be eighty five if she was alive now. You know, I mean, that's uh, true. Man.
2: She's kind of involved in that in that image. Yeah,
1: yeah is, we though. all think of her the way she was.
0: You right. Know? I, now, I I always had one. P- people used to say to me, "How would you describe Marilyn Monroe?" I describe. Hey, her, I would describe Marilyn Monroe as a little girl locked in a sexy body. Because <laughs> that's who she always was. Her giggling, her <clears throat> little childish things. Sometimes I used to think, like, is she all right?
2: <laughs> <laughs> is she right in that?
0: But um, it, it's 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 sad, and it was a good show. It was a good topic, though.
2: Yeah, it's though. crazy that you knew her. it's still crazy, these oh, people. Oh, it's still crazy. They're
1: very, they're, I think very underrated as an actress, particularly if you see The Misfits. Oh, and I haven't if you see see that. Did, I should.
0: Well, you know that. You, right, you see that. And you, uh, go ahead. Sorry. It's interesting that you should say that. That was after she came here for a year to study acting. See, the Xanax had the way with her. And they only told her, you'll be a sex symbol, yeah. and that's it. They would never give her. When she used to ask for her, she'd get scripts and read them and bring them to her. said, I want to do it. They'd laugh at her. Mm. That's when she, she exiled herself and came to New York for a year. Wow. And that's when I got to meet her. And she was staying at the Waldorf as guest of Mr. Costello. And you know, nobody knows how many times I've seen her in my life because we'd sneak out at night. We'd, I'd meet her when she, she'd she get lonely, and I'd go, why wouldn't I I'd go them.
1: Yeah, of course. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
0: <that's, yeah. See,
1: laughs> you really going right. out of your way, Gianni. You're a sport, you know that?
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm a good, nice guy, right? No, but I'm just saying it. <laughs> and I, why I went, I knew, you know, and, and a lot of, I'm, I don't want the audience to think this was a sex thing. This was a thing where we both needed each other just as a person to person. Not who we were, and I was nobody at the time. I had a gang of money, but she knew me as the kid. She couldn't believe that day I showed up at the hotel room that I was the shampoo boy (laughs) from Lily Dashay. That is crazy. But anyway, that's a good way to leave it, though, I think. (laughs)
2: I think so, too. All right, on to the mailbag.
0: Oh, yeah, please. Okay, perfect.
2: So we'll start off with a comment from Pamela. Pamela says... I started a little behind, but found as I worked, I was binge listening and now can't wait for the next podcast and the next chapter of the story. I even bought the audiobook and listened to it, but still can't wait. Please thank Patrick and Megan for joining in the conversation, asking the questions that I sometimes wish I could in real time, and for the clarification Patrick brings when he encourages you to expand. Sometimes it feels like we're old friends sitting around the table and talking about the past, sharing stories and memories, a plate of pasta and a bottle of fine wine. Thank you for the escape.
0: Well, that is great.
1: That is, Isn't that that is awesome? re- very well put.
0: Wow, I mean,
2: beautifully written as well. Pam- Pamela. Yeah. Pamela, yeah.
0: Pamela, I'll tell you right now. This is what we were trying to create. We were trying to create an atmosphere where our listeners are basically overhearing a conversation.
2: Right, they're uh, right here with us.
0: Yeah, at our dining room table, which is where we're sitting. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's that's correct.
0: But uh, <laughs> that was so well put. And please write in again. We, we'd we love to hear what you think of some of our stuff. And that's exactly what we were trying to create. Mm-hmm. I mean, Absolutely. So you got to thank yourself because she, she thought you she was talking to me. She wanted me to thank you for your participation. <laughs> yes, she wanted you
2: to thank me, so right. you're welcome.
0: So I'm thanking you. <laughs>
1: Uh, I'm so confused.
2: Anyway,
1: (laughs) who's on first? (laughs) I'm
2: thanking you for thanking me. Yeah, right. (laughs) Um, All right. So next one is a question from Sebastian Fergiani. Sebastian asked, "What was the most challenging task you ever received from Frank Costello?"
0: Whoa! It wasn't until after I knew the task Mm, I would have to say, "Well," when they were sending me on errands and arranging the assassination of John F. Kennedy.
2: And what was your errand again? But I
0: never knew the target until I was on the Verrazano, um, on the independence, going under the Verrazano. And I was confused of why I'm leaving the country. He knew I was going to come off the boat. He had arrangements for me to get picked up in Barcelona. And we're going under the Verrazano Bridge. And they announce Kennedy, John F. Kennedy, the president been shot in Dallas. Didn't say he was dead. And I got a cold chill on my body saying, like, oh, no. Mm -hmm. See, I thought they were going to kill Bobby Kennedy. Right. Because he when he was in Marcellus's backyard screaming at him and locking him up, Marcello says, you're a dead man. Right. And I thought it would be Bobby, which makes more sense. They already controlled John. Why not kill Bobby? And when I, I got to know John... On a, on a nice level, actually, for the months, especially a, the year or two going building up from when they were starting to run him and do, do all that stuff, and I liked the guy. I mm. mean, I, and snorting yeah. coke and stuff like that. I was confused as a kid, saying this guy's going to be the president. Of the yeah. But uh, I would think. That's- but you
1: know, but you know, if you, if you think about it, if they would have targeted to to Bobby, now you have to deal with a really pissed off president. So take out the president that's and scare true. the hell out of Bobby because he doesn't have the power. I mean, he's the, the attorney general, but your, 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 your brother's dead. Your career is over unless you want to run for president six years from now. Right. No, they they, they did it right. Mm, they got that's the right interesting. guy.
0: That's an interesting yeah. perspective. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm just saying as far as me as an individual, whether they got the right guy or not, that that was the hardest after, after digesting. Mm all the places I went. I was I went to all the same places that I went to three years prior to get him elected. I should have figured it out. Mm. But that's the hardest that was thing the hardest that Mr. Castello gave me. Yeah. That's crazy. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a crazy
2: one. Alright, next one is from Maria mm. for Pat. Maria asks, what was the scariest moment during your time in the police force?
1: Oh, that's easy. Uh, 1972, I believe it was, and I was in a unit called the tactical patrol force and we we, we uh, went to precincts with uh, high crime rates that's what we did every night was a different precinct and at that time in the city practically all the precincts were, were high crime but this particular night we were working in the East Village at the ninth precinct it was a January night very very cold and the TPF for the most part uh, worked in pairs in fact, we always worked in pairs. We never walked by ourselves. I'll, we, I'll we be the devil's force.
0: advocate like you doing me. What's a PTF?
1: Tactical patrol force. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, we went, we, we patrolled high crime areas when the cops in the precincts couldn't handle what they had. They called us in anyway. On this night in question, I was walking with my partner who fortunately was white and you'll find out why in a minute. And the last time I looked, I was white and we're walking down the street, and we passed two precinct cops. Now, be aware that we're not from the precinct. We're in the tactical patrol force working in the precinct. These mm-hmm. two cops were assigned to the ninth. It was a black and a white cop. Gregory Foster was the black cop, and, and uh, Rocco Laurie was the white cop. And I'll never forget these names until I draw my last breath. We passed them on the street. They're they're in uniform like us on patrol. They're walking one way, and we passed them. Hi, how you doing? We didn't stop. We just passed each other and have a nice night. And my partner and I go over to a coffee shop on 14th Street called Yaya's. I'll never forget this place. Uh, And just to get out of the cold, and about an hour later, two assassins from the Black Liberation Army, who was a uh, black radical group whose purpose was to start the next race war, and to meet that end, they were killing cops, primarily in New York, some in San Francisco. But they they really caused hell in New York. And they looked for black and white cop teams. Mm. They killed two in, in Harlem uh, prior to that, about six months prior to that, uh, P. Argentini and Jones, black and white cop. They call in a phony run, and they were going, you know, uh, a call for service. And these cops were on their way into a... Uh It were, actually it was a housing project, and they were assassinated from behind. Oh my in this gosh. particular case, they walked past Forster and Laurie, whirled on them, and shot them in the back and killed them. And it, it, it was really brutal. They uh, they shot their eyes out, shot them in their genitals. Oh
2: my God! Now,
1: oh. I, I, and I'm thinking, to this day, I'm thinking, if I was with a black partner. That could have been me. Oh
2: my gosh, that's
1: wow. crazy! You know, now, was and, this uh, going on throughout the United States? It shook me up States? then, and it shakes me up even to talk about it. And oh, uh, naturally, I, I, I went to the funerals. It was the biggest uh, cop funerals in department history then and now. Oh wow! Uh, to, to give you an example, uh, they were buried. They were. They were. The, the funeral ceremony was in St. Patrick's Cathedral on Fifth Avenue, and. Uh, Foster, or rather, uh, Laurie was being buried in, 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 Staten Island. And naturally, we were all going to Staten Island. There were so many cops. There had to be 70,000 cops. Oh, my. wow. Avenue from all over the, the world. That's they came. crazy. So this, this Black Liberation Army was a, uh, it, it, this was a big deal at, at the time. Anyway, by the time the first car from the NYTD arrived in Staten Island, the last one still hadn't left St. Patrick's Cathedral. Oh,
2: my God!
1: That's how many people and vehicles there were. Uh, this was, a, for the NYPD and other police departments, this was a horrendous time. But I was there. I was so close. What year was this? So who know? Who knows? Yeah, this was 72, I believe.
0: That's crazy. 1972. Yeah. Now, I I mean, got, I'm, I I'm, I'm totally naive at, at any of that, because in 72, I was I'm coming out with a godfather, and I wasn't really living in New York. I was in hiding. But, uh, yeah, in fact, uh, yeah, sorry. What was, was this going on through other states or just,
1: like, yeah, well, primarily, San Francisco uh, New York, New York they assassinated a bunch of cops plus they, uh, machine gun, two cops sitting in front of Frank Hogan's house. Frank Hogan was the DA of Manhattan. He had a permanent, uh, radio car sitting in front of his house, mm. uh, 24 seven. So they knew exactly where to go, uh, if they wanted to kill a cop and they. They, uh, I think there was, there was one cop in the car that night. I forget his name, but it'll come to me, but it doesn't really make a difference. They came up to the car with automatic weapons. Oh, my gosh. And uh, machine guns. I just blew this. I mean, the car, you had to see this car. There was nothing left of it. The cop survived. No way. He was shot. Wow. Wait. Shot numerous times. He survived. But uh, there was a book called Target Blue, if any of the listeners want to read it. It's still in print by, the, uh, by a guy by the name of Robert D. Uh, Daly, who was the deputy commissioner of public information, he wrote the book about the BLA, uh, Black Liberation Army, and its uh, and its fight to assassinate co- and its 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 goal to assassinate cops. Most of the book takes place within the confines of the city of New York. Fascinating book. All these BLA uh, BLA people met untimely deaths. They they, they try to shoot it out with some cops. They, most of them were killed. Uh, Joanne Chesimard, who was the Female, uh, well, she was known as a female spiritual leader of the BLA. She murdered a state trooper, a, a New Jersey state trooper in New Jersey. it name was Warner Forster. She Jesus. escaped to Cuba. Uh, Castro took her in. Uh, she was convicted in uh, absentia of uh, of killing this state trooper. She is still there. She's still in Cuba. Really? She teaches school.
0: And she's still yeah? alive.
1: She's still there, yeah. And up until six years ago, she was in the phone book.
0: She's oh known, She her, her,
1: she's, she changed her name to an African name, Asante something, but she's still there. Now, what amazes me is, you know, Trump, as conservative as he is, uh, didn't demand her return. She's been convicted. He hasn't done anything to get well, her back.
0: Didn't yet. Obama do that though? Obama was the one that opened the Cuba up again.
1: Yeah, yeah he, Obama did it, but uh, Trump in- inherited uh, uh, Cuba as, 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 as newly opened. I mean, he's the president. He could do anything. He could stop flights going into that country. He turn this woman over. She murdered a police officer, was convicted of it, admits to it. Jesus. Uh, Castro took, the, took her in as a political prisoner. Wow, that's uh, And she remains in Cuba today under Castro's uh, brother, Raul, who's now the president, and this administration has not done a damn thing to get her back. And as much as he sprouts conservative uh, talk and, and law and order, and I love cops, he's never done a damn thing to get this woman back.
0: Let me ask you a question. I'm Knowing Donald, I mean, not that I know him that well, but I've, I've known him for, since 95, do you think he knows about it? <laughs> oh, of course he does. I mean, one of the
1: first things that uh, uh, the State Trooper Association, the fraternal organization, did when uh, when uh, Trump was elected, they brought this back up into the press, and they said, "Now we assume that something's going to be done." Obama wouldn't do anything because oh. he was a little bit of a pacifist and didn't want to get involved. wasn't a big fan of cops to begin with. But now we've got we've got the Donald here. He's going to get her back, and she's going to get her judge do. Judge he still has the death penalty. Well, I'm going to uh, I'm
0: going to tell you something on think. air, and that's how. It, emphatic I am about it would you send me an email tomorrow and mm-hmm. I will get it to one of his closest friends because right now this could really lock him in on the 2020 election he's aware of all this
1: Johnny he knows all this I know but maybe... I mean granted I you know it, I think it's a great idea if you if you have an in you know uh, I got, I got the know, best just... in
0: the world oh, right, right to him
1: uh, it, it just mystifies me. Uh, like you say, it would, uh, it would increase his, you know, waning popularity if he had at all. Uh,
0: I, I mean, just people for...
1: bring her back and try her and find witnesses. Don't need all that. She's convicted.
0: Huh. No, I would. I mean, just just because of, it's like the you know the Central Park Five. Why should people get away with this stuff?
1: go online and look up Joanne Chesamard and they'll give you her African name. But this video on her, up until recently, no, uh, I've, giving I've, interviews.
0: I, there's a, I have a method to my madness. You send me an email. Okay, no, I'll,
1: I'll, take, I'll take care of that.
0: No, you send me oh. an email and I'm going to get it to a guy that you and I know and indirectly, okay. even Megan knows who it is. Mm. I mean, one of the biggest benef- benefactors to him.
1: Oh, okay. Uh, but, yeah, uh, I'd like to see... Well, in fact, if that that's the case, you know somebody who, who supports him financially, he's got to come up with an answer. Right. And I'd like to hear what this answer is. I mean, we we don't have to couch out at Cuba; they have to do that to us. They have to, yeah. you know, beg for uh, you know uh, 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 resumption of trade and everything. We, we, you know, they aren't any use to us mm. politically. Uh, yeah, I think that's a good idea. I'll take care of that tomorrow, and yeah, let's let we'll we'll find out what the answer is and we'll share it with our audience and why this guy's not doing anything.
0: Yeah, or maybe our will anyway, know who did it when once we get it going. <laughs>
1: Interesting. Yeah, uh not to regress, but anyway, uh that was my, my hairiest moment as
0: a police officer. Oh, wow, I can see I why. can understand why yeah. dude. Yeah. And, and now I'm I'm so naive to this. What was the final count of the officers killed?
1: Well there were there were four assassinated uh uh, and I'd say about ten to twenty wounded. Uh, there, there, there was a there was a massive shootout on Forty uh, Second Street uh, by uh, Grand Central Station in a candy in a, a, a chocolate shop, a Fannie Farmer. Do you remember Fannie Farmer oh, chocolate? yeah, 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 yeah. Johnny. Yeah. yeah. Well, a couple of BLA guys tried to take it off, uh, and there was a unit in the NYP at the time called the stakeout unit. And all these guys would do was uh, sit in the back room with shotguns of places that had been robbed before. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. And these I guys were just waiting. And they, these two BLA guys came in, announced a, a stick-up, and these two cops were burst out of the back room with shotguns and just blew them away. Oh, gosh. One, guy, one guy staggers into the middle of the street and his last words, and I'm paraphrasing, had to do with the Black Liberation Army. And that's uh-huh. how it started to get into the press. The uh, the stakeout unit, by the way, was abolished uh, because they were too brutal. They were stopping robberies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they, uh-huh. they, they, they never took a prisoner standing up. They were all, we shot them always. They were know These, yeah. these were hold-up guys. Yeah. So you don't go and announce yourself and perhaps get shot yourself. You come out shooting. Yeah. And that's what they did. But they said the two violent, bad press or getting rid of the stakeout unit. And they also got rid of the uh, the, uh, the, uh, the tactical patrol force about the same time hmm. because we were, too, uh, we were too brutal. I don't know where they got that from. Oh. Uh, I personally am a pussycat. I recall once hurting someone's feelings, but that's about it.
0: <laughs> that's, that's not me, man.
1: Well, oh, okay.
0: Our show has come to an end amb- again with uh, such yeah. a great... I think we have to go get involved in this. I would love to, in fact.
1: So, okay, I'll uh, take care of that, Jan. Come
0: on. And uh, to our audience, thank you for listening, man. And uh, we appreciate you. Tell your friends we can't say enough. We want more subscribers. We want to impress you all. Please keep the mail coming. Pamela's thing was amazing I know. tonight. That was a Pamela, that if, was you're, a highlight. if you're listening, please. All right. And God bless Does you everybody won't? know that 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 once we
1: hit a hundred thousand subscribers, that Megan is going to personally cook the hundred thousand subscriber dinner? Oh, am I? That's a dumb.
2: Does
1: anybody task. know that? Yes. Yeah, she, she's doing it with
0: McDonald's.
2: <laughs> yeah, that sounds yeah. about right. Oh, also, this well, is the first. This is the first episode of season three, guys.
0: All right. Well, thank you.
2: And we're on Spotify. Oh, what so.
0: oh that's right. Now a a now lot of on Spotify, Spotify now. Oh, We we found out you had to be invited to Spotify. So whoever's running Spotify, thank you.
2: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Good Good night, night, guys.
1: Okay, good night, guys. Bye-bye.
2: Thank you for tuning in to the Hollywood Godfather podcast. My name is Megan Horan. You can contact Gianni Russo, Patrick Picciarelli, or myself with your questions and comments through the contact section of our website, HollywoodGodfatherPodcast.com. You can also call and leave us a message at 646-776-3038. Regarding Gianni's motivational speaking appearances, you can visit his website, giannirusso.com. You can also visit amazon.com for a listing of books Patrick Picciarelli has written. Remember to follow us on Instagram at Hollywood Godfather Podcast, as well as leave us a review on iTunes. We'd like to know what you like about what we're doing, what you'd like to hear in the future, and anything else you might suggest to improve our podcast. Most importantly, hit the subscribe button. We'll be back next week with stories of the mob and Hollywood, as well as answers to your emails and voicemails. Good night.